accessing library computer data. Out there, there are no saints. Just people. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Continuing our run through Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Right now we're up to the episode called The Begotten. It is the 12th episode of the fifth season, aired on January 27th, 1997. It was written by Rene Echevarria, directed by Jesus Salvador Trevino. In this episode, Oda receives a sick infant changeling from Quark and tries to teach it to shapeshift without resorting to the invasive techniques used by his old mentor, Dr. Mora. Meanwhile, Major Kira gives birth to the O'Brien's baby. Clay, it's the moment we've all been waiting for. The birth of the O'Brien's baby. How are you? Cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. A, a changeling boy in a bottle of goo. <laughs> I hope I hope you <laughs> Hopefully that didn't take too much of your post episode um uh thought process here because I think this episode we actually have a lot to talk about. I find this episode very fascinating. I find it to be interesting and all of that stuff. Um I was I was working on all the verses of that song through most of the episode, so I didn't pay very close attention. <laughs> Did you see the um the first episode with Dr. Mora? Have you seen this character before? Um <clears throat> I don't remember. He didn't he seemed <laughs> I don't remember the character, but he seemed familiar in the way that all uh, you know, middle-aged guest stars on star trek shows seem familiar yes this is it's james sloyan who i think um i think that's how you pronounce his name he's he was on tng in a couple roles he's been on Mm. this before and i think he's been on things like the x-files yeah if you had if you had told me that that guy was played like four other characters on the show i'd be like oh yeah that guy right yeah yeah yeah. so you might not have seen dr moore but i think the episode did a good job of getting around that anyway so we're going to take a break gonna play an audio clip me and clay are going to come back and we're going to break down the begotten i realize you can't understand a word i'm saying but that doesn't matter i know you're aware of me you see i was once like you huh? i spent months in a lab being prodded and poked by a scientist who didn't recognize i was a life form <laughs> He thought I was a specimen, a mystery that needed to be unraveled. He never talked to me. It didn't occur to him. I didn't know what I was or what I was supposed to do. I was lost, alone. You know, I like the title, but begotten kind of sounds like a word that it feels like your mouth is a motor that can't quite start. It's like turning over and you're just like begotten, 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 begotten. Um, but yeah, but this one's called The Begotten. It is a Odo-centric episode written by Rene Echevarria, who at this point is probably turning out to be the show's finest character writer. Uh, he's done things mm. like Explorers, Facets, Rejoined, Crossfire, which we loved, and Nor the Battle to the Strong are his uh, script credits. I don't think i realized that he had written other episodes before this oh really i'm i'm sure i've i'm sure every episode we've covered that he's written i've said oh that's interesting i didn't know he wrote episodes so i'd like to continue that trend oh th- this is not saying, renee huh. renee albert if that's what you're thinking oh of. i'm an idiot this is yeah. a different renee yeah this is the uh, the writer renee not uh actor too many renee. too many renees with exotic last names on this show <laughs> McClay makes America great again in 2019. <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to talk about the Begotten. So let's. Uh, we'll just start with you. Would you? Would you think? Of I don't this know. One? I don't know if you knew this, but I have built a wall between my eyes and my television, mm-hmm. just for this purpose. Peering over it from your guard tower on the other side. Yes. Yes. Uh, no. I. You know. I thought this one was. Um, <laughs> I'm such a, such a moron. That. that <laughs> That explains why I was like, man, I can't believe they let Odo write this episode. This is a pretty big deal. Um, anyway, I thought it was really good. I uh, I didn't care much for the Kira stuff. Again, they gave her a new haircut because you can't have the same haircut twice in the season, apparently. Yes. Um, I didn't think the Kira stuff was that interesting. It seemed very sitcom-y to me. Um but I thought the Odo stuff was fantastic. I, I, I like that stuff a lot. 
Um, I think, but I think the two things together worked pretty well. Um, cause you know, you had the birth of the baby and then the baby, you know, dying for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, so I liked the, the contra, the juxtaposition there was nice. Uh, I really liked that scene at the end with Odo and Kira. My only, the only thing I wish they had done differently is I wish they had leaned into the thing dying a little bit more and given, uh, Odo more of a dramatic scene because like when he's holding it in his hands and he starts saying stuff like, oh, I was really, I was really looking forward to change, to teaching you how to change into a, you know, a made up bird. Yep. Um, I was like, oh, God, I don't know if I'm going to be able to deal with this. This is going to be really fucking sad. And then they just kind of, like, clip it there, and then it kind of goes away. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wish they had given him more to work with. Just give him a little bit more time to to, to have him have, like, a really emotional scene. Because that's, that's a big deal. Yes. Yep. I I, um, I have a lot of thoughts about the uh, that Odo scene. I'll probably, I'll probably start off somewhere else. I think that'll start on with the... Um, this is well, just on like a personal level. I think that this episode means a lot more to me now than it did when I originally watched it. It's a lot about uh, parent and child relationship type stuff. Um, it is probably Star Trek at its best in terms of being like a sci-fi concept that you mix with a real world symbolism. And in this case, it's mm-hmm. not even really a lot of symbolism. Um, it's just kind of using an alien uh, point of view or an alien plot line to uh, flesh out your parental uh, sort of point that you're trying to make. And I think that the, I agree with you about the O'Briens, although I do think that this is maybe the best O'Brien stuff that they've done together. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's funny because it's overly broad and very sitcom-y and sort of um, unrealistic. But at the same time, I thought that they the relationship that they all had with each other in that was pretty realistic. And yeah. I wonder if I, I'll, I'll, I'll throw, I'm going to start this off a little bit differently, and I think that we'll move into it. So what I don't like, or what I find fascinating about this episode is that this episode highlights two plot lines that I think the show did not do a very good job of doing, Um, Mm -hmm. and they both have kind of ended. That's Odo's changing into a solid, and then Kira's pregnancy. Um, Mm -hmm. They've resolved both of them at this point. So I wanted to, I guess we'll start off. What did you think? You had mentioned before you kind of liked Odo's solid storyline, which has been going for like 13 episodes at this point. What do you think about it now as you look back? Because he has regained his ability to shapeshift at this point going forward. So what do you think of it? And uh, did you have any like sort of um, regrets or think that they came up short or if you think they excelled or whatever? Yeah, I I wish they hadn't turned him back so soon. Um, And I, did that happen this season or was that last season where he got turned solid? It was the season finale of the previous season. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, I wish they had done more with it. I don't um I don't really think that they um gave it enough time uh to really explore. Um I guess I guess it's tough because then you know, how many things how, well, how much is there really to explore? with that concept, but I feel like there's it, they should have done more with it. Like I, I feel like he was, he's a a big enough character where even if you did a little bit, every episode, um, it it would have felt a lot more utilized, but they didn't, they they did it every now and then, but it it was not something that became as much of a focal point of the character as I hoped it would. Yeah. They used Um, it for things. I can remember just a couple scenes where there's the, the O'Brien episode where Keiko gets possessed and O'Brien punches Odo. That's one of it. Mm-hmm. And then when he breaks mm-hmm. his leg in the ascent, which he watched with Darren, those right. are like the two right. major things that I can think of it actually having an impact on him. And both of them are fairly minor. The ascent is a little bit more important that he gets injured in it, but the punch from O'Brien is pretty meaningless. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, I, I will say though, I, I very much identified with Odo at the beginning of this episode where he's like, my back hurts. I must have some weird alien cancer. Yes, I was I like, must- yeah. That's every day <laughs> of my life, man. I'm right there with you. Um, yeah, uh, the Kira stuff, I don't know. Uh, well, let me, I, let I, me, let me say something about the Odo thing first. The, yeah. <clears throat> to me, the big, the problem with the Odo thing is that I think it's, it sounds better on paper than what it actually mm-hmm. ends up being because yeah. to me, Odo's ability to shapeshift is not his most interesting quality. It, like 
Right, it, right. It, it's kind of a power that he has, but really the reason that he's interesting as a character is because he is the ex-Nazi prison guard who's living amongst a utopian peace society now, mm-hmm. and he still has his sort of authoritarian views on everything. So removing Odo's ability to shapeshift does not fundamentally change the character at all because he's mm-hmm. still the same person. He just can't have his little power at this mm. point and because we're humans and we can't actually shapeshift it becomes very similar to that episode of tng where troy lost her powers and started screaming about it and you're you're, you're watching it as an audience member going like well i don't relate to your superpowers so this doesn't really yeah. mean anything to me and i think that the odo storyline was just a miscalculation about i think they did it as a good idea i thought that they'd get something out of it I realized you can't really get much out of it and then did something like this occasionally this episode where he says because Odo's relationship to his baby in this one doesn't really change because he's a solid. You know what I mean? Like he he would right. have that relationship even if he had his shape-shifting abilities. So taking his shape-shifting away ended up with a lot of stories where it doesn't really change Odo. He doesn't really feel any different. He doesn't react to things any different. So I think that was just a mistake from the get-go. It's not a, it's not a good Odo storyline, I don't think. Well, I think the thing that they kind of dropped the ball on too is is that you know as we've as we've discussed previously, Odo's whole thing is is regimented order, right? And uh, ironically, him being able to turn into a him being a changeling and ha- being of more uh, malleable form allows him complete control over whatever state he is in. Yeah, and the the irony being that him being turned human takes away that control and puts him locks him into a body that he does not know how to deal with that is constantly out of control and they they touch on that stuff but usually only in like comedic ways like at the beginning of this episode but you have to think man that would be like some fucked up body horror from his angle yes like if he's if he's 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 all about you know control and uh, order and then he's locked into this form where he doesn't know how anything works He's, I mean, he's aware of the concept, but he doesn't know what it feels like to be hungry. He doesn't know what it feels like to, you know, have to go to the bathroom or, you know, have a joint pain or something. That would be like fucking drive him nuts. And uh, I, I think having the having the uh, the opportunity to take this uh, 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 regimented character and put him into an ironically uh, out of order, uncontrollable situation inside of his own body is something that I wish they had they had gotten into a little bit more in a more serious or uh, or at least um, yeah I guess serious is a good way to put it a serious way yeah more focused I, I think that the I think the problem there comes down to it, it goes along with Odo's powers which is that the show doesn't have the budget to really support how much shape shifting you think he would do as a conception of a character you know like if you mm-hmm. had this character he should be shape shifting all the time that's kind of his his thing and there's a lot of advantages to doing it but because mm-hmm. it's a you know, a 90s television sci-fi series, he is basically humanoid for 99.9% of the time. So you never really you never really get to appreciate how much of a limitation this is for him because the show previously had never shown him to be much of a shapeshifter. You know, like it, yeah. it, it's not really removing much. Troy's removal of a power is actually much more important because that character would actually do it every single episode and Odo is not that way. I think Troy could still bullshit her way through it, just being like, I don't have my powers, but you seem kind of agitated. According to the script, um, yeah, this character said, yeah. this character's little Chiron's is agitated. He's angry. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny because I think, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I think they got around having to make him shapeshift all the time by making him the kind of character that he is in that he kind of uh, sticks to the human form more often than not, and doesn't really flaunt it because he wants to fit in. Right. Um, and it, so they built that into his character, which is which is kind of genius if you think about it. Like we have this character who can shape change, but we can't afford to do it a lot, so let's make his character not want to shape right. change. Right. <laughs> um, He's the outsider who wants to fit in, and there's no better way than yeah. not doing what makes him special. But even, even though we don't see him do it a lot, I think this storyline could have benefited a lot from just small moments of him forgetting he can't yeah or just straight up not being able to like you know going to uh 
like you know if if you were able to walk through walls uh even if you didn't do that power very often on the show you're going to have some scenes where you go to walk through a wall and you hit the wall yes. that kind of thing yep. you know what i mean yeah uh whatever the odo version of that would be uh like he's he tries to sleep in his bucket, but he can't get in the bucket because he's a human. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the O'Brien thing kind of fits into that. a bigger bucket. Like, forget, forgetting that he can be punched is kind of along those lines, and, you know, it, it yeah. sneaks up on him a little bit. He doesn't draw attention to it, but I could see that being the, the point of that. Yeah. I guess, you know, I don't know. Do you? Because I, I feel like all the things that we're saying feel like they could fill an episode. Um, and then get I don't old. Know, yeah. I don't know if it would get old. Or uh, maybe a few episodes. I don't know. Um, I guess it would depend on how you handle it and how it changes him going forward. And it and it hasn't changed him that much. No, uh, I, as much as I expected it to. Yeah, I, I think that's the like I, I understand what you're talking about about his him becoming him being such a regimented person and then ironically not being able to become an unregimented organism uh, would lead to him being a little bit confused and sort of out of place and everything. I mm-hmm. still. I still don't think he learned like all that that really ends up amounting to is a lot of sort of physical gags. Like you're saying, like right, he, he's right. forgot. It doesn't really get to the point of what makes Odo different from everybody right. else. And I like if he, I don't think there's a way around it. Like the, what's interesting, the shapeshifters and the changelings changing their shape makes them thematically interesting as a villain because they can kind of infiltrate things and that they are, you know, your worst fears are things that you can't really see and the way that they play off of society's weaknesses and society's fears is a weaponized version of uh, their sort of warfare. Odo, Odo's sense of being doesn't really tie into, like the, the shape-shifting doesn't really tie into that. It's useful, but it's not really True. what makes them interesting as an enemy and as a people. So I, I think they were just kind of up against a, a rock and a hard place. Like I, I would have said that maybe you could have changed him back even sooner because they didn't get much out of it and they could have abandoned mm. it a little bit. I would have, at that point I would have been like, well, what was the point of doing it at all? I suppose. Um, but I, th- I think I'm glad that they cut the cord with the idea here. I, you know, I, th- I think the thing that's missing uh, is that the, ch- the changing him into solid itself is not the biggest change for the character as much as removing him from the, you know, the, the great land party in the sky yep. of the changeling race. Yep. Um, he's got the, he's got that, the little yellow uh, triangle on his icon. There's no connection yes. to the internet at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, and even that they didn't really lean into as much as I thought they were going to. Well, he doesn't talk to, he doesn't things. talk to the changelings enough. You know, he doesn't have enough yeah. of a contact with them for that to really mean something. And they, they bring it up here because he cannot link with the baby changeling. Right. Which is, yeah. which is important, but it, it, it doesn't feel that's not important enough to this episode to really amount to anything. It's just kind of like, Oh, this would be a lot easier if you had your powers, but let's try to do another way anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you're right. I guess it's more or less, it's just kind of a wasted Wasted story, unfortunately. It's one of those, it's, it just sounds like a good idea at first. You know, it's like, oh, that would be kind of neat if Odo lost his ability to shapeshift. Let's see what that does. And right. then you think about it, you're like, well, maybe not. <laughs> so we'll have to see. Um, the other thing. I think they should have really gone for it and changed things up and had him locked into the shape of like a dog. And so then you have you <laughs> the know, dog at the ops meetings. <laughs> just so yeah, that. you have a dog at the ops meetings, a dog, and you've got some, you know, that thing where they give them peanut butter to eat so their mouth moves yep. while somebody talks <laughs> off screen. That would have been great. It would have changed the whole, it would have been the, the most popular Star Trek show of all time if they had done that. Someone's got to reshoot this thing as a, a fan service episode where every episode is, as Odo during his solid phase is a, a dog, <laughs> a little, a little like, um, I, I, I would go with German Shepherd, I guess. That seems to fit his I was thinking German Shepherd too actually yeah 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 i was thinking the fraser dog at first but i think he needs to be bigger and more intimidating yeah something that you know that that his costume would look good on when the dog is sitting <laughs> i like the touch of this episode at the end his costume falls off when he shapeshifts into the bird mm-hmm. he's been wearing real yep. clothes the entire time yeah yeah i was i was glad to see that too a lot of times they forget those little details yeah um like if you ever watched the superman movie the christopher reeve superman movie there's a scene where he's standing uh on the side of a building as this Robert, this has always bothered me. This robber climbing, you know, suction cupping his way up the windows of a building, and Superman's just standing there. Yeah. And he's standing with his back to the ground. He's like at a right angle, standing on the wall with his back to the ground, and his cape is hanging horizontally Horizontally. towards the building. (laughs) Because obviously they shot it 
him you standing stick, up. Turn yeah. the camera sideways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Movie making it's, guys. It's yeah, it's one, one of those things. The editor is just sitting there looking we through just, all the clips, going, "Oh my god, are you, are you kidding we me?" We just turned into the most obnoxious podcast on the planet. <laughs> well. We can Let on. me point out the other things wrong with this 40-year-old Superman movie did you know, and why it's all bullshit. Did you know, Clay, that Vader's chest plate is backwards in one of the shots of uh, A New Hope? Well, if you, Jeez, if what you... a piece of garbage that movie is, too. <laughs> let's just take all the things we like and tear them to pieces. That's what everybody does these days. All right, so let's do it with the uh, the Kira storyline. So that was my problem with the Odo storyline. Nice segue. <laughs> my, my problem with the, the Kira storyline here is that I like the Shakar and O'Brien stuff so much in this episode. I wish they had focused on this more. This mm. this one continues. This one feels similar to the Odo problem to me in that it came up as a solution to the real-world pregnancy of Nana Visitor, and they wrote it, mm-hmm. but they did not want to really do anything with it. And I think that there was so much material that they could have done with. They opened and closed the storyline with a sort of weirdness on the on on what being a mother means to both of them but they ignored it the mm-hmm. entire stretch of the way uh, both Keiko and Kira ignore it and here it ends in this really heartbreaking scene of Kira just saying like all I want to do is hold the baby and mm-hmm. I feel they could have gotten so much out of that and there's so much with the Shakar and O'Brien sort of a jealousy on Shakar's part and O'Brien being like listen it's my baby like will you get the fuck out of here like what are you doing and I just feel there was a lot of really interesting stuff there and like the Odo thing, it was played mostly for comedy, and it feels like it was killing time until they could get to another storyline that they'd prefer to do. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I, I, I um, <clears throat> I don't know. I just don't like Shakar in general. This is his uh, last appearance. He's never coming back. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Uh, does he die off screen? No, they just kind of fade away. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's fine. Uh, she can do so much better. <laughs> she, she, um, she likes her bland men. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I never I never really liked Jakar. Uh I think they used him pretty well here. Um Yeah, I, I wish there was another thing where I, I guess I would have liked it more if they had a little bit more room to breathe with some of this stuff and some of the actual conflicts that are going on instead of just getting that little bit like cause you don't get any of this uh I mean I understand that it's not something she considers until she after she has the baby, but there's no, she doesn't really have much of a point of view on it as she's giving birth. Um, she's just sort of there to be the uh, the the rope to be fought over by the two dogs. Yes, yeah, as they it, do the yeah. uh, the bad comedy of pulling on each arm as they try to get out. Yeah, Colmini, I, yeah. I, I don't dislike Colmini as an actor. He's not good at that kind of comedy. Uh, if you've seen yeah. The Commitments, <laughs> he's much better in like grounded, realistic comedy. Uh, and he's not really good at these sort of over-the-top, broad, playful comedy stuff here. It comes across really, really badly. I think he, he suffered in through most of these scenes, and it's not really his fault. I thought he was good at playing that gong poorly. He is. He's good at that kind yeah, of that stuff. That, that's more yeah. his comedy style than the other thing. But I, I, I like the gong. I like the, the O'Brien reactions in this. It, it felt true. I will say, and I'll throw it to you, um, this episode and the Kira pregnancy storyline both go an enormous way of showing how this is an all-male writing staff. Um, yeah. I was... Yes. I, I, think, I think the way that they portray the labor and the pregnancy here is borderline offensive to women, um, having, seen, <laughs> having seen what my wife went through with the two kids. And I was watching this again this morning as a rewatch, just kind of on in the background, and Amy came in and watched it, and she could not get over the fact that the labor was portrayed as a painless, this just kind of happens thing. Mm-hmm. She, mm-hmm. she was really like, sort of like uh, angry about it. And I, I think that it's even true. It's just a, that whole... The fact that they ignored that Kira should feel something about the baby as she's uh, raising the baby inside of her goes to show that the, there's no female perspective on the show. And it, right, it's really right. th- it's a really glaring thing of where diversity of um, experience and opinion would be helpful because it really feels like they completely whiffed on this because it's the way that pregnancy was handled is completely unrealistic. And I think that it's it's sort of unforgivable it's it's really not interesting the way that they did it it's very bland and it's very not aware of what women go through when they're carrying the babies and how they feel about all that stuff and they, they just ignored all of it 
hey man, maybe Bajoran pregnancies are more or less uh, painless. I don't know. I think they say that in the episode, which is yeah. I don't, well, it's, I don't know. yeah, isn't it the the whole point of what's going on is that she's the Bajoran pregnancy is can only happen if she's like totally relaxed yes, or something. Yeah, so is, if they're fighting is... in the background, it causes her to stop having labor. <laughs> she just yeah. Turns I mean, off. is it po- is it possible that they, that they were doing that intentionally to as kind of like a sort of like a joke? I, they to, could be, but is it, is it funny? It's more, I, I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I just think it's, I think it's odd. I just thought it was a very odd thing. Is, and yeah. I think people will say that birthing scenes are kind of cliche and stuff, but I, I don't know. I, I think it's one of, it's, it's kind of like, it would be kind of like having a medical show and you performed like a leg amputation with no anesthesia. And the guy was just like, Hey, what's going on down there? You know, like it's, it, it's disconnected from what it's actually like, I think. Yeah. Like, <laughs> They're cutting his leg off, and he's like, "Hey, are you working hard or yeah. hardly working?" You would got to use that yeah. tourniquet. Yeah, you know, you know what would have been nice is if um, <clears throat> the argument or the the lack of re- relaxation had been more due to her than it was to them. So, like, they're kind of bickering, uh, you know, Shakara and O'Brien are kind of bickering or whatever, but then they kind of calm it down, and it's she's still not totally relaxed, and then it's one of those things where she realizes it's not, it's not that everybody around her is being stressed out, and she's totally cool about it, it's like she's, she actually gets to express some emotion and some feeling about it and realize that she's the one who's currently you know, freaked out and not relaxed. Stressed about not having, having baby. stressed about having to give the baby away, would be the way that you tie yeah. that in, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, even even if you don't voice that part of it, because I still really like that ending scene, because um, it is it is pretty heartbreaking. Yeah, um, I think I think you can have her voice other frustrations with the whole pro. If they had given her a scene where she just like lets loose and just like lets loose all of her frustrations about the whole process of being pregnant and everything she's been put through and blah 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 blah, blah you know, just like really laying into everybody, and that's sort of like the you know the purging of the toxic whatever and allows her to be ready to have this baby yes, i think yeah. that probably would have made up a little bit for the lack of really touching in with her along the way mm. yeah, um, that's a good point I, i'd agree with that i think that's i i think that's correct and i would i'd maybe even be more forgiving of that whole arc about her not really feeling anything throughout the entire pregnancy if they had focused on it a little bit more in this episode um but i, I especially I since yeah, especially since I mean, they essentially turn the episode, the the story about her giving birth, into a story about Chikar and O'Brien. Yes, which is not great. Yeah, <laughs> not a good luck. Um, yeah. Also, I guess that points to the fact that there's no women on the writing team. Yes. Um. So, it, so I think it, it would have been nice if it had been. I think you could do that stuff in the background and have it still be fine. It would have been more interesting for. I mean, I think it would have been more appropriate, not just interesting. For it to be more about Kira specifically, or if you really had to, Kira and Keiko. Yes, Kira, it's about Kira, Kira and, Keiko. and Keiko. Yeah, and, and neither of them get the appropriate. I, O'Brien gets the focus Keiko, because he's a cast. Yeah, Keiko member. is Keiko's barely in this episode. Yeah, she is. She's, she has like two scenes, and all she does is go like Miles, learn how to keep time better, and then kicks him out at the end. Says yeah. Miles, she's not joking. Yeah, yeah. It's you know now that I think about it, it's really weird that the story about Kira giving birth is 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 about Shakar and O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm, we we have not, not seen Shikar to this point. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel he's always late. He's always late to things. He's got he's. I do. What I do like about the O'Brien and Shikar thing is that O'Brien is basically talking to like the ruler of this planet, and he's very dismissive of him, <laughs> which mm-hmm. I think is, which I think is pretty funny. Yeah, I mean that I that, that's how if you know if you meet these people in the right situation, they're just people. They are. That's right. That's exactly what I said. To I Paris almost Hilton. hit Ray Bork in the head with a hockey stick outside of a hockey arena, and he was totally cool about it. <laughs> um, that pretty much sums up my feelings about those two. So I think that the episode is interesting because it wraps up two failed, I would consider them both to be failed storylines at that point. Um, they mm-hmm. did not really accomplish what I would have set out to do. But the main focus of the episode, as always, is the Odo and Mora storyline. So what you you said you liked the Odo and uh, Mora stuff. I really like it. I think it's great. Mm. I think that Rene Arbergenois is excellent. I think that uh, Rene Echevarria, the writer of the episode, is perfect at writing these character episodes for these guys at this point. Um, all of his character-based episodes are really, really strong. Um, Maybe I'm not wrong. Have we ever seen them in the same room together? <laughs> 
<laughs> it's uh, I don't know. And it's, you know, uh, Spanish and Spain and France are right next to each other. So that's true. You know, it's very that's what I've always said. <laughs> Echeverry is probably uh, Mexican or something, and I'm just being horribly, horribly uh, ignorant. But hey, we're all one people. The um, the Odo storyline. Why my wall is inside my house? <laughs> the, the Odo storyline. I really like. I think it's really, really touching. I think it's great. I think that the way that they play off Mora and Odo and the changeling baby and Odo is really fantastic. Mm-hmm. I have one huge problem with it, but let's get to what you really liked about it. And if you uh. I don't know if you really, I strongly relate to the point of uh, Odo is going in trying to be the sort of modern progressive parent who's not going to yell at his kid and not going to make him mm-hmm. do anything mm-hmm. and not going to be what his father was to him. And Mora is more the conservative, um, yeah, if you spare the rod, you spoil the child, even says that in mm-hmm. this episode. Mm-hmm. As I'm getting older, uh, I agree more with Mora. Uh, on a personal level, I just I, I think that Moore's point of view is makes more sense, and I think that Odo actually uh, comes to understand that. I think, and it, which is interesting to me that the thing is really about Odo coming to terms with the way that he was raised, and I think it's mm. correct. And I think I might have dis- disagreed if I was younger, thinking that Odo's way of being, a uh, way of um, proceeding with the baby, was more correct. But I'm, I'm, as I get older, and now that I have the two kids, Moro seems like he's talking sense the entire time. Yeah. Um... You know, I, I think I think what's nice is that they do kind of come to a uh, a meeting of the minds where it's like, uh, well, yes, Odo was not correct, yes. but Mora was also not correct. Right. He it was, was a extreme. little bit of both. Yeah. Yep. yeah, a little bit of both that when you put it together ends up killing the child. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, they, they when they come together, you know, they, uh, they both come to terms with how the other one's approach is beneficial, which is really nice. Um not having a child myself, and I apologize, I don't mean to, to be you know anybody as a father or any, or a parent or anything. The closest I can come to relating to this story uh, is uh, when we got my dog, which is just like having a child. Um, we, we, you know, we, we were training the dog and everything. He was pretty, we got super lucky that he's already housebroken and didn't really need a lot of work because we, <laughs> we, we, we did the same thing that Odo does, where it's like, well, we didn't want to, we want to be, uh, uh, appropriate, but also like not cruel, cruel. Yeah. So we, we tried a a few things and took him to these different places. And then at a certain point he did something fairly recently that I, uh, that was like, you know, a a bad thing for the dog to do. And I realized I don't know how to discipline this dog. Yeah. Like I, I, I know how to do like the, the, uh, uh, friendly control stuff, but if he doesn't want to listen to me, he's not going to fucking listen to me and I don't know what to do. Like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to hit him, but I don't have anything like in place that is like a strict rule that, that, um, put pushes, pushes away this behavior in him, in him. And I was kind of like, uh, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe listening to all of the new age advice about X, Y, and Z is not always the best way to go. Maybe it is a a a, a mix of things mm-hmm. that is probably the best way to do it. Yeah, it's a special thing when the kids reach an age. It happens fairly early where they realize that um, they don't realize that you can't hit them, but they realize that there's no <laughs> there's no. It, when no... Alistair just stands in front of you, <laughs> slapping you in the face, calling there's, you a, calling you a pussy. There is a certain point where nego- negotiations break do down. It, Come on, do it, and you can't make him do something. And it's like, well, if uh, if this was fifty years ago, I would just smack you, and you'd probably get around to doing it. But now, I certainly can't. And I think that I understand Odo's Odo's weakness here, where he can't electrocute his child into doing what he wants it to do, uh, leads to a little bit of uh, tension between the two of them. <laughs> yeah, you and me are basically on the same page is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that the uh Yeah, I just I I think that the the storyline works mostly because it is sort of a merging of those two extremes with each other, mm. which is that you do need a little bit of discipline, you do need to push kids, you do need to sort of push uh if you don't push people and especially kids, they will not do things for you like and kids are super yeah. capable of what uh Kids are more capable of doing things than the general public seems to believe. Is my opinion about that? But uh, can I can I ask you a question as a parent? Sure. Do you have? Do you and Amy have like uh, after the kids go to sleep? Do you have a debriefing sex session where you where you just laugh for an hour at all the stuff that you couldn't laugh at when they did it? <laughs> Otherwise, they would they would get it get one over on you because I've noticed that with with small kids the small the few interactions I've had with like two year olds 
they get to a certain point where they do something and if you laugh at them, they're like, I got you. Yes. And so you even if it you know, you you gotta keep it pressed down is what it seems like. So I always assume that parents have like a a a, a, a moment at night where they just like burst out laughing for an hour talking about the crazy the ridiculous shit that their kids did. You the do day. you do, do a little recap session after they go to bed, which is maybe not specifically about that, but kind of laughing at all the things that they did. But we are yeah, there are te- things where we're eating dinner and you're trying desperately to get this kid to eat his chicken nuggets and he's not doing it, and he'll say something mm-hmm. really funny, and one of you will have to leave the table and go laugh in the kitchen or something that that does happen quite a bit because if they see you laugh they know that they've yeah. won they do realize that immediately yeah 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> it's brutal and unfortunately uh so we'll get back to this because i do want to wrap up with um the weakness of this storyline to me the storyline here where they use the baby changeling to give odo his powers back is mm. a colossal mistake i think it's a colossal mistake on par with the Writers not uh, understanding what the Kira motherhood is going through and what that character should be going through. No parent views the death of a child as any kind of gift. Even if, even well, I mean, you have to consume the child. (laughs) Even if that gift uh, is a Star Trek sci-fi thing, the death of the baby changeling, I don't think, is treated appropriately here at the end. I think that they're too light with it, and Odo using the death of the changeling as a way to get his powers back feels really tone deaf in a lot of ways. Um, <clears throat> would you have preferred it if he actively did that as so basically like, uh, um, so the thing is dying, the baby's dying and he or someone else realizes or comes up with some techno babble thing where it's like, it's weak enough where, you know, you have the same genetic makeup as this thing. If we graft it onto you using some bullshit science thing, then you can actually save its life somehow. You know, that kind of thing where he's actually like... You mean it, it becomes a part of him and lives on? Yeah, instead of him just like forgetting to wipe it up with a paper towel and now he's got superpowers. I don't even, I don't like him absorbing it. I don't think. Yeah, I, it is kind of weird. It was definitely weird. It, it, it implies to me that it kind of lives on in him. Mm-hmm. And I I mean, maybe that's the like it lives on as the memory of his deceased child, I suppose you could argue. I really I don't think that was the right decision. Um, it just feels to me like it, it doesn't it means that the baby doesn't really die is how it comes across. And mm. I think that merging it with him would be another mistake. I, I feel the storyline has to be that the baby dies at the end of this Mm. and yeah i understand that the gift is what they think is important it allows it to continue but odo getting his powers back has been such a as we talked about at the start it's such an underwhelming thing that the death of the changeling feels like it's just being used and not being respected enough in terms of what the odo story is for this entire thing yeah yeah and also it opens up a really dark possibility for future plot lines that i don't think they ever get into which is the black market of irradiated uh infant um changelings where if you like eat them you get superpowers it's good to know though if you see a changeling that is blue and green it is not one that you want to buy it's it's like yes. it, those are good just it's a sure it's a surefire way to not get a good changeling if they're not that healthy maple syrup golden brown uh they're no good what'd you think of the special I, effects of the changeling in this i thought it was pretty good yeah they they definitely used like 14 different kinds of gelatin they in did. this episode yep uh, I was expecting there to be some sort of, uh, what's the word, um, slapstick involving him bringing it in a mug to the to the bar. I <laughs> there thought was with sure Worf. There Worf was a joke was with Worf. That shit. Yeah, I thought he was like Odo was going to do that thing where Odo gets up to go get something, and then Worf is like, "Ooh, free drink." <laughs> Um, I like the bit of of Worf asking why Odo's talking to his drink, and he says it's a changeling, and then Worf looks suspiciously at his drink and walks away. So, uh, how let's how would you prefer he gets his powers back if you if it wasn't this? I don't know. Um, I don't know how they do it. The only other way would be if the chain if the founders gave them back to him for some reason. what what if instead of him just like absorbing the powers or whatever, it's again they techno babble away something about like the I don't know 
the D, some sort of DNA matrix transference thing. So it like well, what how un, about- unplugged the <laughs> the plug that they put in him. I don't know. Well, how's this? Say, is this too much of a similar thing? And I'm just making a big deal of it. What if the baby changeling before it died learned how to link? Because it is a founder, right? It does have this mm-hmm. ability to get to the great link. What if it makes the conscious decision it becomes a humanoid for a brief period and it links with odo and unlocks his powers again because it is a founder that would be able to do that to him mm. do you know what i mean does, yeah does that no, work I'm down with that yeah I, I don't know i don't even know if you need to have it become a a human a, uh, yeah. a human i think if you get oh, so, yeah so if you gave more time to that death scene right and so he's holding it in his hands and he's you know crying and blah 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 and all this kind of stuff um then the last the dying act of of the baby is that it links with him, yeah, and like you're saying, and then you know unplugs the the stopper there, or and they, they get their true changeling connection at that point. You know that scene is the, the show yeah. has told us that that is the most important thing to the changelings, the great link. So, mm-hmm. I, I especially think- especially since they make such a point of saying like, oh, you're, you're talking to it, he can hear you. Right. Or it can yeah. hear you, it can understand you, it just can't talk back to you. So it w- I think it would have been really nice to have that. And I guess it's kind of what they ended up going for with the, with absorbing it and giving him his powers back the way they did. But I think it would have been even more emotionally impactful if it actually did link with him, right. like you're saying. Yeah, I think that would have been fantastic. Yeah, I, I think that... I think that- I think there's a subtle difference there. It is kind of the same thing as you're saying, but I think that it's more in line with how this race has been treated and it feels like it's more of a final goodbye to each other that they could say. Right. Like they right. re- they communicate with each other in a way that doesn't seem to happen here. And and it's also, yeah, the, the it's also the baby sort of giving him... Actively giving a gift, say, it feels like. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I didn't want to say reward, but yeah, <laughs> give, giving him a gift for, for treating him so kindly and, you know, taking care of him, you yep. know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to say about this one, or should we just wrap it up? Um, no, I think that's pretty much it. All right, so we're going to take a break, play an audio clip. Me and Clay are going to come back, read some patron thoughts, and then give our final thoughts about The Begotten. Uh, I thought the O'Briens were having a party. Shakar and I stopped by. I didn't feel much like celebrating. Oh. I got into this because the O'Briens needed my help. I never wanted a baby, but now I just wish I could hold him in my arms and never let him go. I think I know how you feel, Doris. Want to take a walk? All right, everybody. So if you support the show on patreon.com slash the Penske file, you get to leave your thoughts about upcoming episodes. We read them and react to them on the podcast. Holly McLaughlin says, The Begotten, Odo's making peace with the closest thing he's ever had to a father figure is another part of the humanizing journey, and it's great to see. Any actor's portrayal of women in labor either works really well or not at all, and I think this one works, though I have the feeling Clay and Wes are going to spend the whole episode arguing the opposite. Haha. <laughs> Kira and Odo's post-loss bonding is relatable and touching. I do, I do. I will argue to the death that the uh, the way they treat labor in this episode is not particularly uh, respectful. <laughs> it is horrible. It is if you have not gone through it, it is it's a it's like a medical emergency giving birth. Like women have had died through this whole process. It's very very strange. It's not it's not like all, when anytime you like ask your mom about it and she's like, oh, it was fine. It was just you know a couple hours of they block it out slight discomfort. Yeah, no, I they, mean, well, they, that's women that, block it out. It it, uh, it must yeah. be a natural reaction that they block out how miserable they are through the entire experience. That's. That's I I I have heard that that is actually something that happens. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it, ma- it makes sense. Um, there's so much blood. Because otherwise, you would never do it again. <laughs> otherwise, you would never do it again. Exactly. No, that's true. Uh, the begotten. That's like that's why it always blows my mind when 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 people have babies like within a year of each other or like even a couple years. Most. I mean, well, I mean, I guess you guys did. Mo- of, but, most impressive but like, to me is twins first and then they have another baby. That's a shocking thing oh that God, people would do. Yes. Yeah. My grandmother had a girl, then twin boys, then uh, four more kids. <laughs> and if I remember correctly, they didn't even know they were having twins yeah. until it, until until it, it happened. Yeah. Science. 
<laughs> Christian, uh, we have, yeah, Christian Pouch says, The Begotten, I'll watch James Sloy and Dr. Mora act in just about anything. I think Odo is periodically a bit over the top in his anger towards him, but otherwise the interaction is pretty good. Odo being so happy, and then so devastated, and then so happy again was pretty well done, even if his landing looked a little bit odd. I know that some people will say, well, that was pointless. He didn't stay human long at all, but I disagree. Just because it wasn't permanent or season long doesn't mean that it's a rather big, doesn't mean that it's, doesn't mean that's a rather big accomplishment for the show. Consider the era of TV and what other Trek shows have done. This isn't Game of Thrones. Appreciate what they did do, not what they could have done 10 years later. I think that's fair. Mm. Uh, let's see another comment about the begun. Will Yates. Rene Abergenois has trouble making a bad episode. I do like that the experience brought Kira and Odo closer together. That said, I feel the whole point was to make him a changeling again. I think they should have had the baby a bit more emotive so that I cared more when the puddle was dying. The B-plot was just tough to watch. After all these months, the sex ghost has a problem. It's true. They they tried to get Shakar there and he never showed up. Uh, Neil Brennan. The Begotten. How did they manage to make a jug of jello so moving? Well played, everyone. Although the squabbling man at the childbirth feels so like a very jiggles. cliche trope. What's that? You gotta tap the jello and then it jiggles. It's... That's how you get it moving. <laughs> J E L L O. Last comment, Matthew Ross, The Begotten. A sweet story of father son type. It was fascinating watching Arbergenois talk to a jar and a blob, or whatever the prop was. Although it was clearly a gel of some type, you felt that there was genuine emotion being conveyed. The story of the relationship and healing between Odo and Dr. Mora was also heartfelt. It was a parental story that strikes a nerve with we parent types, but even when I saw it originally when it first broadcast, uh, to me, it hit all the emotional and sci-fi high points. The comedy of the birth of O'Brien's child and the loss of Odo's made for a silly break in contrast with sad story uh, with Kira and Odo sharing their new lives and recognizing their losses and moving on. Odo getting back his changeling abilities, although not unexpected, was at least an ending with a bird soaring in hope. A pleasant DS9 story. It's true. I, the, the symbolism's a little bit on the nose, but they do mention uh, the Tarkalian hawk that Odo tells the baby he's going to show him how to turn into. So it's a little bit of a yeah. foreshadowing thing, even if the symbolism of soaring uh, is a little bit on the nose. It wouldn't have been as good. Of, it wouldn't have been a, a, as triumphant of an ending or hopeful of an ending if he just turned into a rock. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> a sphere, one of the most basic shapes in all of nature. Yeah. I did like all the glass uh, geometric shapes that they had, all these containers that he can put the baby I, into. I have a theory that Odo is really into conspiracy theories because of the way that he was drooling over that pyramid as being one of the <laughs> mysterious, most mysterious shapes in nature. <laughs> I only think about uh, those little pyramid things, those... Um, those horrible monkey experiments where they put baby monkeys at the bottom of, they called them like the pyramid of despair or something like that oh, to, to torture them to see what, uh, like how development, how isolation impacts uh, baby monkeys. I have never heard of that. Uh, yeah, you can look it up. I think they call it or the pit of despair. They call it something yeah, like that. I, I don't think I need to. That was the good era of the 1970s when you could just torture people uh, or torture animals and call it science. Um Let's see. I think that's it. That's all the comments. Thank you very much, guys, for leaving your comments. Clay, what are you going to give the begotten? Um, I'm going to give it a four. Yeah. I'm going to give it a four as well. Could have been a five to me. Yeah. But um, even even though I think its problems are more interesting than outright bad to it, I, I think that the, the issues that it brings up about the previous storylines being a little bit weak and the ending, I think, is probably a big misstep. Um, I do think it's a really good episode. It's really emotionally satisfying, and I, I like the character work, and I like the work that uh, Aubergenois does in this and everything like that. But it is, it does have some weird problems to it, even though I think it's a very good episode. Yeah, I think if they had, honestly, I think if they had just given him more more of a scene at the end with the dying changeling, I think it probably would have been a bit of five. Yeah, yeah. And if they had changed it, if they had, you know, if they had done... Not not to say if they had done what we said to do, but if they had, you know, had that more emotional connection there at the end with a longer scene of him dealing. Because I was expecting, like, weeping, sobbing, crying Odo at the end there, and they did not do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think if they had that scene had been stronger, it would have been a five. Yeah, the crying would be interesting because he would only be able to cry as a solid. Once he's a changeling again, he doesn't really cry. You know what I mean? Like he, his tears are just him. If he makes himself cry, uh, he has to. Like, yeah, and if you hit it. the same rib twice, it makes the same noise on the xylophone. <laughs> I want to. I want to taste the real salt of those solid tears that are coming out of uh, Odo's eyes. 
So does that does that mean theoretically that like a crying changeling is like the most disgusting thing you could possibly think of because he's just dripping pieces of himself onto the floor? I'd argue that they would just be cr- they are crocodile tears basically like they don't really oh, they're not saying. really okay. crying they're trying to kind of pretending that they're crying even if they feel sad they're still just pretending. Yeah, yeah, it'd be like in the Simpsons when the future episode when Lisa gets engaged to the British guy. Yeah, um, and the robot starts crying and his whole head melts. <laughs> that's it we're done guys check out the social media links facebook twitter discord that's where you want to go if you want to talk about the show you can support the show on patreon.com slash the penske file a couple of dollars a month to get extra stuff there's a paypal link if you'd rather do that if you disagree with patreon's politics or something you can go to paypal um if you want to buy t-shirts we have a teespring link you can buy cups and t-shirts all that good stuff listed down below and Last but not least, uh, if you're on somewhere like Reddit or Twitter and you hear a conversation about what Star Trek podcast is out there, I'd be much uh, much obliged if you'd mention our little show. It does seem to be the most natural way to drive traffic to this show. We're no greatest generation, which is always the top of the top marks of a Star Trek podcast, but we try our best. And uh, Clay, do you have anything you want to say? I was going to say you could do that thing where like two of you go to a Reddit thread and just like casually start talking about it yourselves. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, like that, you know, that that sly way of viral marketing in like the '50s, where two people would walk into a room or a bar and talk about how great a certain style of vodka was, <laughs> and then hopefully the people around you would start ordering that style of vodka. Reddit makes it difficult because you have to create your account, you have to live for a couple months posting on every other comment, like so that people don't just think you created the account just to sort of inflate your own uh, comment posts and everything like that. It's a whole, it's a whole to do. I've tried. Lord knows I've That's tried. So much work. It is, yeah. Not worth I it. I the only I've I don't really use Reddit. I did briefly when I when we were doing the prisoner show. I did uh I was frequenting the prisoner uh Reddit Subreddit. board. Yep. Um but it was like 15 people. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a very small Reddit. Yep, it is. I've gotten more into Reddit recently. I took a while off of it, but I've gotten uh it's really how much you customize it is what you get out of it, but I I've been enjoying it for what it is now. And occasionally people do mention us on the uh the Star Trek subreddit, which is much appreciated. It's why I, I keep mentioning it here. I think it is the the best way to bring about people to listen to the show. And I think that's it. We're done with the begotten. Um we are going to be back with for the uniform which is a continuation of uh, the For the Cause storyline. So you can look forward to that. We've got a new show, too. Oh, that's right. You want to talk about that? Yeah, we've got a new show. We're dipping our toe into the true crime world, sort of, with uh, the Radio Star Murders, which is going to be us looking at the uh, the who, why, and how of when video killed the radio star. We're talking about music videos. Talking about music and, and uh, music videos, yeah. Yeah. And it's 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 going to be fun. We're we're kind of looking at music videos as little little short films, and whether or not they were successful, and and uh, whether or not they were ridiculous or 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 great. <laughs> and they they do they do go through the whole gamut. There's a whole lot of uh, different takes on all those things. Yeah, but it's been, yeah. been fun. I've I've been interested to see how there's sort of a pattern emerging. Like there we, we've there are certain types, and there's it seems like there's only a few certain types of videos that everybody makes depending on what what kind of thing you're looking for. Uh, so it's been interesting seeing how they classify themselves. Yep, yep. So yeah, so check that out. It's the Radio Star Murders. It's on the YouTube channel. It's got its own podcast feed. You can check that out. There's a Spotify link to all the songs that we've done so far. Blah, blah, blah. It's a weird list. <laughs> the algorithm will not know what you're talking about if you listen to that music. Well, Spotify's uh, algorithmic recommendations will be sort of off the wall for you. It's it destroyed my Spotify account just by making bad <laughs> playlists. I no longer can listen to anything that I like. Um, that's it. Guys, thank you very much for listening. We will see you next time. <laughs>